this show is to get to the heart of well-being through inspirational stories of everyday people, expert insights from a number of health and lifestyle related disciplines, and exploration of topics that underpin well-being. If you want to take control of your well-being and put yourself front and center in your life, then this is the podcast for you. I want you to feel calm, nurtured and inspired so you can enjoy your life and your success. If you have not yet done so, please subscribe, rate and review on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you know someone else that would get value from the show as well, please share it with them. Join me on this journey and let's live the fab life together. Today, I'm so thrilled to introduce my guest, Kathy Wheeler. She's the author of five books and publisher of Book Writing Magazine. Welcome, Kathy. Thank you, Bev. I'm so excited to be here. I really appreciate you having me on. Oh, it's wonderful that you're here with me today. So I'd love you to tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do. Sure. Well, I am the publisher of Book Writing Magazine, as well as a book coach to help people through the process of writing a book and giving them support. I love helping people make their dreams of writing a book come true. And I actually have quite a diverse background in engineering and marketing. So I have a well-rounded view of how people's minds work. Well, marketing and engineering, did you say? Yes. <laughs> that, that's really opposite ends of the spectrum, isn't it? But that's fantastic. It's, yes, it's almost like an, it's like an oxymoron. <laughs> and Kathy, tell me about your well-being journey. Describe what happened for you. Sure. Well, basically, I was a normal 25-year-old until I got food poisoning. Um, and at that point, the food poisoning actually traveled into my bloodstream and it ended up causing a brain injury uh, from the swelling of the brain. This essentially changed the way that I process information. My brain inside, it's hard to describe, but it actually feels different than it used to. And as a result, a lot of things have been impacted. So my speech has been impacted. Some days more than others, I have day-to-day differences. Some days I have long pauses where I'm sure it's quite painful for the people listening to me. As I have these pauses, my brain is three or four sentences ahead, but my mouth just won't move. So it's, it's, uh, it can be frustrating. The way that I analyze and process information is also different. It is a lot slower and a lot less accurate, I would say. So at the time, I was an engineer. So obviously being analytical and uh, easily processing information is important. Uh, So that definitely changed my outlook on work. Shortly after that was when I transitioned into the marketing liaison position, which actually was not as a result of my food poisoning, but was a result of a a career happiness change. I did have a marketing minor, so I did have a bit of marketing work prior to that. Um, And during this time, prior to the food poisoning, I had been writing novels. I was trying to exercise the creative part of my brain during my lunch hour. So I had a few manuscripts written, and I was fairly far along in the traditional publishing process, but uh, the one manuscript didn't end up making it. Once I had the food poisoning, kind of my mindset changed, um, how my mind processed and and, uh, structured things. I felt like I needed to change, and I was actually scared to write. I really was scared to write. I used that excuse for a long time. 
many of my life circumstances also changed at that time. And so I was able to rely on my other strengths, thankfully. I know I could still make it as an engineer because I went back as a sales engineer. It's just a whole different process than it was. But 15 years later, I felt that the confidence and desire um, to write again was back. So I went for it. I went ahead and, and wrote another book. And in that, during that meantime, I did have quite a good career, but it was definitely a different way of thinking, and a, I had to adjust so many things in my life in terms of what I thought were my strengths and how I went about dealing with situations and information. Yes, I completely understand where you're coming from, and I love that you've actually reinvented yourself, and this is maybe your life's purpose around, you know, we don't understand where things come from and why they happen to us, but you're perfectly in the right situation, it sounds like. So that's wonderful. I really love that. So how has this sort of impacted the way that you actually work and your lifestyle? Sure. I become frustrated when I'm trying to put together analytical information. So I still remember how it used to be, which is the frustrating part. I feel like I relate a lot probably to people with uh, strokes. But I'm still quite proficient, and people likely wouldn't even know that I had this issue if they hadn't known me before. But I know. So every time I stumble on a word or given a data set, it just it does cause frustrations. So I've had to adapt and rely on some of my other strengths. This has ultimately given me um, a chance to be better off. My intuition has grown because of this, which is really good, being an analytical person. to be able to use your intuition as well. But I'm also more accepting of others. Like I said, I can relate to people who have had strokes. So there was a brief time when it felt like I had dementia right after the food poisoning. So for example, I reached a stop sign on my drive home, which is a drive I had done for years, and I wouldn't know which direction to go. So I just had to calm myself down and I'd remember and make it there. And actually, to this day, my sense of direction is diminished. Luckily, we have GPS. <laughs> I really don't get lost, but I just know it's not as good as it was. So it really, like I said, yeah, it helps me understand others and their situations. And so I think it makes me um, more accepting when people don't have the same skill set I do. And in terms of, you know, it sounds like you have an amazingly positive approach to your life. So how have you managed your attitude and your mindset? Oh, good question. A bad attitude won't get me anywhere. So, of course, there's situations where I would like to have a bad attitude, but I know that life is going to handle bad situations, and it's really how you react to them. I try to focus on keeping the positive attitude. So sometimes... When I get these frustrations, I have to pause and realize how lucky I am really to be alive. I am lucky to be alive. We are all lucky to be alive. But how lucky I am that I can still find a way to work things out. You know, given time, I can always work things out. My frustration will pass. The words eventually come. I just need to be patient. Through this, I've done a lot of research on attitude and realized that a positive attitude is key to happiness and success. So sometimes this is hard as an analytical person because when you're analytical, it's very easy to see the negative. I just have to keep focusing on the positive and keep that on top of my mind. I also have that mindset that anyone can achieve what they set their mind to do. 
So Henry Ford has a famous saying, and I'm going to paraphrase it, but it is whether you believe you can or cannot, you are right. So I have a T-shirt that has it on it. I love it. So I think with the right attitude and the willingness to learn and acquire skills and the willingness to take action, anyone can achieve anything they set their mind to. It's um, continuously learning and keeping that positive mindset. Yeah, and what I'm my sort of understanding there is it's a choice, isn't it? So you're making a choice around how your attitude would be and how you'll approach and tackle these things because it is what it is. You know, you have this sort of delay in processing and there's nothing that you can do right here, right now, but everything you've done to this point is helped improve it. So I just love that you have actually realized that sometimes it's, your approach to things, it's not just doing things, it's actually the approach, you know, the way that you're using your mindset. So I'm full of admiration for you, Kathy. And what sort of skills have you developed or lessons have you learned to improve your own well-being? Sure. Well, I have learned that I'm an introvert. Probably always kind of intuitively knew this, but quiet time really helps me process information when my brain feels like it's on overload. So you know how they do timeouts for kids. I give myself a timeout, <laughs> so I take ten minute timeouts sometimes. <laughs> so my kids know about this. I say, and my husband too. I say, I'm going to take a ten minute timeout of complete silence. So it's very healing for me and allows my brain to process its overload. It allows it to catch up on any information, and it just kind of regrounds me. So. My biggest, most precious well-being item is these 10-minute times out. Sometimes it is longer than 10 minutes, but it's always a time out. I also love, love, love learning new things about well-being and constantly trying to improve mine. So it's such a fascinating area, and I do a lot of, a lot of reading and try out new methods that I learn about through shows such as yours. For me, they, what I was thinking is, you know, we could all do that, Kathy. We could all take that because if you think of a standard business day, we spend so much of our time taking on new information or, you know, working with people and actually listening to their story or their information if you're a coach. And we can do that. We, we need to do that ourselves. You know, that's a great tool to use um, to get grounded and avoid the overwhelm and, and just process and be with people rather than, you know, be doing things all the time. So that's a great tool for us to use as well. And so going forward, you know, obviously you've you've lived with this for a fair amount of time, but what have you realized about the priorities for your own life at this time? I feel like I've always been decent with my priorities and remaining true to myself and values. Um, last spring, my mom did pass away, so that changed my work focus a little bit. I'm now concentrating on what brings me joy, which is the writing aspect as well as helping others. So this is very true to me. Um, ironically, my mom would have wanted my happiness, but she would have preferred that I would be in a corporate job rather than doing something um, entrepreneurial. <laughs> but uh, she would be happy that I'm happy. So one of the things I value most is the treatment of others, the love your neighbor like yourself. So I try to incorporate that into all areas of my life and make it a priority. 
most times it comes naturally, but there are some situations where I do need to remind myself of this. I'm not perfect. No one is. Um, but when my actions are in alignment with my values, it brings about an amazing spiritual well-being and sense of peace for myself. So I feel like right now I'm really prioritized in the development of my spiritual side, um, my relationship with God, as well as my connection with kids and uh, with my kids and husband. And what I'm doing now gives me the time to uh, spend time doing both of those things that I love. Yes, even while you're, as you say, your mom might not. And I think that's perhaps an age related thing a lot of people in our previous generation feel that you you know you would have had a job for life which doesn't really exist nowadays so yes good on you for following your path and and finding that place which brings me to I would love you to tell me more about your 90-day writing course many people want to write a book so statistics show that over 80 percent want to but very few of those do People are really scared, and they use excuses like I did with the food poisoning to not write. So I developed this course after writing my own book. People kept asking me how I did it, and people had good messages that they wanted to get out to the world. They just didn't know how. So after helping some individuals, I realized there was a greater need, and I developed this course to help people overcome their fears with writing, provide them support and a simple process to follow. So in this, we go through mindset, writing, and publishing, the whole gamut. Okay. And so, you know, somebody will probably think to me, well, 90 days, it's an awfully short time frame. So how do you get people to get organized and move ahead in 90 days? Well, really, I brought my engineering background and developed this process for this step-by-step. And it is fairly regimented. I find that once people are over their fears and have the continued support, they're able to do that if they dedicate the time. It's about an hour a day of writing time during the writing portion. This process is also great for healing and well-being for some people. It really provides them the process to get their thoughts out there and share their message on how they overcame their issues. And that's what I found a lot of the individuals that came to me wanted to do to improve their well-being. We're talking about nonfiction books, right? Yeah. These are all nonfiction that people are working on in this program. The way you structure a fiction book is definitely different than a nonfiction. Okay. And I'm loving your course. So thank you for um, bringing this course to the world. It's <laughs> wonderful. Really, really great. And you, you are so generous with your time and your knowledge and understanding. So it's been a fabulous experience. Well, thank you. My last question to you, Kathy, is what are your tips for living fabulously? Well, I have several. I think for me and so many people, continuing to learn is important. The brain has huge power and they're constantly coming up with new ways and methods to help people. I think everyone should read, take classes, listen to podcasts continue to learn and incorporate these ideas into their life. Another one is to nurture and grow your spiritual self. For me, this is the love of God and growing my relationship with him through prayer, reading, and actions. For others, it might be something different. If you have your feelings built up inside and need to release them, write it down. Journaling is perfect. You don't have to keep what you write. You can tear it up immediately after, but words 
writing and processing the information are such a powerful healing tool for so many people. Of course, take quiet time when you need it. (laughs) Take a 10-minute time out if you need it. And physically, drink plenty of water. That is such an easy tip to apply to your own life. It's very easy to add something like that. It doesn't cost anything. It takes very little time. And when you're hydrated, you feel so much better. Yeah, indeed. Um, That's the health coach and you coming out, Kathy. Wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Notice I didn't say anything about exercise. I can do water. (laughs) Okay, right. Well, you're exercising your mind. So, well, I'll need to get on to you about doing a little bit of other physical movement. Um, I'd call it physical movement rather than exercise because you'd be surprised even cleaning the home is a pretty good workout. So. Yes, yes it is. And so you can find Kathy Wheeler on her website is called the 90daybook.com and that's a nine zero, so the 90daybook.com and then also on Facebook, write, publish and sell books. Thank you, Kathy, so much for sharing your journey and I really feel inspired by just hearing how you started to rely on other strengths that you had. You didn't admit defeat and, you know, just curl up in a ball. I love that your actions have been aligned with your values and how you've actually woven that into what you've brought together in the course. I think one of the other things that's so key, and I I said it earlier, but take a 10-minute time out, reground yourself, avoid overwhelm and process the information you already have. It's quite interesting when I work one-on-one with clients, I always make a 15-minute time out between appointments because I do want to go into the next appointment feeling like I'm just with them. But you're also your living fabulously tips. I mean, continuing to learn, isn't that just the best? The brain, like you say, has this amazing capacity to shape and mold and take us on different paths in our lives if we actually are learning. So that's beautiful. And obviously being a book writing coach, you know, words, writing and processing of information to heal has been something, even in nonfiction writing, that's been incredibly supportive. So thank you so much for being with me today, Kathy. Well, thank you so much, Bev. Thank you so much for listening. And I would love to know what you enjoyed most about this episode. You can connect with me on Facebook by searching for Living Fabulously with Bev or feel welcome to leave a message or comment on my website. You can get the links and any references from this episode in the show notes at my website, www.livingfabulously.com forward slash podcasts. Do you have a friend who you think deserves to live fabulously? Spread the love around by sharing the podcast with them right now. Until next time, be sure to live the fab life. The information shared here and in our programs and webinars should not be seen as medical advice and is not meant to take the place of seeing licensed health professionals.